Sustainability of water resources, particularly in water-scarce environments, is a tricky subject. <laughs> we know that. Thankfully, few people know more about it than Francis O'Donnell, assistant professor in civil and environmental engineering. And apparently like the 60th person ever to sign up for Facebook. That's right, she was getting her B.A. at a college called Harvard right at the start of the Zuckerberg zeitgeist and later went on for a Ph.D. at a school called Princeton. Never heard of him. But whatever, the point is, she's an Auburn woman now. Cluster Hire Eagle. Well, I have a wonderful electronic invention I want you to see. It, it looks something like this. You're listening to the Hashtag Getting Podcast, brought to you by Auburn University's Samuel Ginn College of Engineering. Hello, friends. It is I, Jeremy Henderson, a communication specialist in the Samuel Ginn College of Engineering. Got to gotta, uh, correct old Sylvia Masango there for a second. That would be the um, uh, award-winning Hashtag Getting. And it's again, the- I told you, I, I saw her, and then I saw her again. I did get to talk to her. So we just got to bring her back in, and you know she'll do it. No, she's just, no, I don't she's think she's done will with us. Yeah, I think it's out of spite at this point. Uh, she's just going to get, she was so good at it. We have so many kudos, and it just feels a shame to let them go to waste by not mentioning them in the intro. So I'm going to do it until she starts doing it. It's well, the award winning I'm going to call getting. her, and we're going to get her to read. Marcus, let's get this done. Francis, did you know we'd won an award? We have nationally recognized, mm-hmm. by the way. Four podcasts. Best uh, podcast in all of higher education. Uh, I'm Jeremy Henderson, a communication specialist, if I hadn't said that already, in the Samuel Ginn College of uh, Engineering's Office of Communications and Marketing. The other guy over there, once again, still here, still directing. Still standing. Still Still strong. Still standing. Going toe-to-toe with bureaucracy, fighting for his people, fighting for the message of the college like none before him. Yelling it from the top of a mountain. (laughs) That would be Austin Phillips, the, uh, the director. We're joined, once again, as always, still... Uh, still, have, have you as as she had that kid yet? Paternity leave has not kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, Marcus by, the, by the next episode, we're going to be like, oh, that baby is just beautiful, <laughs> so good. <laughs> Marcus Klutz over here on keys, just twisting knobs and taking names. And today we are joined by uh, Francis O'Donnell. All right, okay, <laughs> assistant professor, Department of Civil Engineering. Oh, make nope. that yeah. civil and environmental. Yeah. That's yes. There was a story about this, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. You should have read I, it. <laughs> it was a pretty good one. It was a really good <laughs> one. Civil and environmental engineering. Uh, Francis, thanks so much for joining us. Of course. Glad to be here. How exciting is that? It's great. Um, we, it's been a long time coming. Uh, most of us, including me, graduated from departments of civil and environmental engineering. Mm-hmm. So we're excited this, this all worked out. I think it's a good change for our department. And where'd but, you graduate from? Princeton. Haven't heard of it. Where's the other place? <laughs> Harvard. I was born in Princeton. Harvard. Birmingham Medical Center. Princeton. Princeton. <laughs> so a little bit different. And then biology uh, degree. Yes. Uh, uh, Harvard. Mixed biology and engineering mixed background. Biology, yes. Yep. But, yeah, mm-hmm. combined. Which I love. I love the uh, well, now don't multidiscipline. Get me wrong. Outside of the people who, of course, have all Auburn degrees, that's the most prestigious. Mm-hmm. She's probably number two. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have many that you've got Harvard mm-hmm. followed by Princeton. Mm-hmm. Two good schools. They What's say. I mean, that's one? with it. I've heard. It's not the best student-centered engineering experience in America. No. But great. But it's great there. Programs. But it has a yeah. prestigious history. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're falling been around, off big time. They've been, uh, around, they've been around for a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, Francis... 
What are you up to these days? But um, you get it? Water, <laughs> eco hydrology. That say, don't encourage. What you. are you doing in the lab? That's all of it. That's the whole reason I brought you in. <laughs> and now you're done for just for that. So yeah, tell us about your work. I've seen some amazing videos that I think were put out by someone uh, a little while yeah. ago. But uh, so so what what is going on in the eco hydrology lab? Am I getting it right? Yes. Um. So right now the eco hydrology lab is mostly being run from my dining room table because um, we're all working Mine remotely. Too. Um. Luckily, I was I was able to get one of my students out in the field this summer. Um. To get started on some work, we're um studying the issue of land, shallow landslides along roadways where they cut a steep slope along a roadway um, and then once the mowers come through they get some rutting and then a good rainstorm and and suddenly you've got dirt running off onto the road um, and so we're looking at to see if there are some different kinds of vegetation that they could plant um, besides the typical grass that they use that would do a little bit better job of stabilizing things maybe not need to be mowed quite as much so that um, they don't have those issues and so that's a combination of, um, you know, looking at what kind of vegetation are we using, um, what kind of influence is um, rainfall having on on these slopes. And then, um, you know, my collaborator on the project is uh, Jack Montgomery, who does geotechnical engineering. So he, he knows all about how the soils work and how well, all these things interact. His wife does an awesome job, too. She does. Can you come to my backyard and check my backyard out for some of these issues that you're talking about? I can't even get my backyard to keep from flooding. It's a major source of insecurity for me. Okay. Because as you're you're describing this, I'm sitting there going, okay, I've got some slopes. I'm cutting my grass too much. I'm making ruts. Are you actually joking? Is it a source of insecurity because of like, you know, your your trade and your knowledge and your research and you can't even apply it? You know, you got to, you're thinking global, but you can't act local. Yeah. we, We were thinking about putting a French drain in the backyard and I suddenly got really nervous nervous about you know i don't know what if i'm going to make the right call here well, and then i'll look I, I'll have to defend you you're doing so much work here and you're doing such a great job That's here true. you ain't got time for that at home no, I somebody don't. you yeah. pay somebody to do that Mm-mm. yeah i know i like that so the example that you said about because i'm again i'm always fascinated with actually learning when we when we talk to folks and learning really what's going on and hearing these great examples of like the practical application so okay here for this uh erosion for lack of a better word and the sediments slipping down after is there in the in the field of I mean if if there is a field I mean eco hydrology in the, in that world is there is there a really good example of the principles that you use and try to apply um, that has been applied and put into practice in a you know real world thing that we would all know about if that makes um, any sense sure I'm trying to think of something that that you would all know about. Um, you know, I I think a really good example was um, something I worked on uh, before I came to Auburn. This was in in Arizona. Um, we were, you know, obviously water is is a pretty critical issue out there, more on the shortage side than on the, the too much side like we have here. And um, you know, one thing we've we're really working on out there was connecting the health of the forests that are in a watershed to having um, consistent clean water for the cities downstream. Um, so a lot of the things with um, when you see you know, water wars out west and um, issues with with some of these desert cities um, having issues with their water supply, um, there's a, a lot of the the science of ecohydrology goes into um, thinking about how to keep our the forests healthy that are really providing that water. That's, that's where it's okay. coming from. Okay, I like it. Is there a good ecohydrology like related movie or something? Hmm. Fern Gully. 
<laughs> Aaron Brockovich. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I might default spectrum. to Chinatown. I don't think they realized Ooh, yeah. it was eco, the eco part yet when they did yeah, that. Maybe but. not. Maybe not. So w- going back to the education, um, I guess this is a silly question. <laughs> going but, back to the education. You sorry, know, no, her education. Sorry. Yeah, about that. not ours. <laughs> um, why Harvard? Yeah, um, seriously. I, I grew up in a small town in Minnesota um, and was I wanted to go somewhere far from home for school. You know, I just I felt a little stuck there and like I wanted to try something totally new and totally different. And, um, you know, the one thing that is nice about Harvard is is once you get in, they give you very good financial aid. Um, and so versus going to somewhere where I would have had to pay out of state tuition uh, for a state school or well, I'm guessing you had a lot of options if you if you got to go to Harvard. Yeah, I, you know, I and I don't think I explored quite as much as as a lot of students these days do. You know, I see kids talking about their college tours these days and think, "Wow, you looked at 15 schools." And you know, I didn't I didn't have the time and resources. And when to were you there? Um, I was there 2003 to 2007. Zuckerberg. Yes, I was, so was one of like those a, students scurrying around in the background in the I was social wondering, network movie. I was wondering. I was headed to chemistry lecture. I wasn't. <laughs> you have time for all yeah. that. Business. But still, that's the, well, well, when then he was there. the decision to go to Princeton. Why, why Princeton? Um, you know, that was the decision about grad school is much more guided by finding a, a PhD advisor you're a good fit with, um, and that's that's where I happened to find that was was at Princeton. So what after Princeton? You, you mentioned spending time in Arizona. Yeah. So what would you do after Princeton? Um, so as you you know, as you probably know, it's it's not really that typical anymore to get a faculty job right out of grad school. You usually go do postdoctoral research work. Um, and so that's what that was. It was just um, a group had, had found some money to, to research some issues related to um, the water supplies for the cities of Phoenix and Albuquerque. Um, and it's kind of just it was a good opportunity for me. Um, I got to live in Flagstaff, Arizona, which is you know it's up by the Grand Canyon. It's beautiful. It was just kind of a nice, fun place to live for a few years and um, get some cool research done. So, well, how did Auburn land you? How, how did this come to be? Two words. Cluster hire. <laughs> <laughs> I love that term now. Yeah, no, you I like do. saying Now that, that you know what it means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, that was really attractive to me. Um, you know, I was part of a, a climate, human, or system science cluster hire, and um, – you know, it can be a little challenging in the junior faculty role if you do work that that doesn't have a solid disciplinary home where, you know, you do what everybody thinks of as civil engineering. Um, and so I thought that that have being a part of that cluster um, would help break down some of the boundaries that that can make it tough to get your um, get your lab off the ground when you need to be drawing on resources from across departments. So when they made the offer. Right. And then you're taking so, you know, cluster hire. Are you do you know who who is comprising the cluster? Like, are you kind of looking around and Googling names and being like, ooh, they're kind of cool. Uh, we knew some of them um, since, you know, what they did first before they started hiring new people was to establish um, some of the senior faculty already at Auburn who would be leaders among that. So I was able to look at them. And then they also. I knew what other departments were hiring people for it um, and what types, you know, I, I could look at the job ads for those positions and see um, th- these are the types of people I might be working with. Um, so, for instance, I saw that, you know, one of the jobs was focused more on the social sciences side. It was, it was actually based out of geosciences, but in, in human geography. And um, that can be really tough to establish that, you know, working with physical scientists is outside of engineering is one thing, but um, making the connection with the social sciences can be really challenging. So that was a, a one thing that caught my eye about it. Favorite thing about Auburn? 
City and university. Of City being here. and university. Hmm. It's really nice having good barbecue. Mm, isn't I miss it? the tacos in Arizona, but yeah. can't beat the barbecue here. We have a couple of good little authentic taco places too. You got to yeah. find them. Oh yeah, yeah. I've not. I have. Come on, so, Francis. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> Due diligence. <laughs> there. You ground. Well, so the um in the work again. We we talked about it earlier with going environmental. You know, the decision. Did you did you yes. have any inkling That's where I was going that that you know was coming down the pike? Uh, I mean, were were you were you out there holding up signs? It needs to be C and E kind of a deal. Where I mean, what, and then how is that going to you think advance the department? So um, that was something that sort of the whole more environmental and water side of the department pushed for. Um, Lauren Beckingham really took the lead on it um, and did a lot of the background research to. Yeah, she she gave us one of the first first tips on that Mm -hmm. when we had her on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So this is this has been we've been working on it a few years. You know, like with anything at a university, there were lots of levels of approval to go through. Um, so, you know, I, th- I, my role in it was mostly kind of in the debates at the faculty level of you know, talking yeah. about why this would improve things. Um, and in terms of what it means for the department, I think one of the big reasons we wanted to do it is that it is a more diverse contingent of students who are interested in environmental engineering versus purely civil. So we thought it could help, um, have a, help us generate a student body that's a little bit more representative of what we see around us elsewhere, um, and then, you know, I also think both from that perspective and attracting more students who are interested in engineering for kind of the, the helping people and making the world a better place angle. And we really like having those students. And I think it, it helps us recruit them. It's six more syllables, though. That's a mouthful. <laughs> you know what I mean? For me, I mean, we've got aerospace, biosystems. But, you know, we'll see. Industrial, industrial and systems. Systems. I think we're still doing better than industrial them. I think it may be have the longest system. one now. Yeah, we may it's, have the longest at this but point. But at the same time. It'll turn into CEE. That's true. You know, that, that's coming. But again, talk about a department that is on the move. Oh, you know, my gosh. We, we've added the environmental name here in the fall. We're going to open the advanced structural engineering lab. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our civil engineering, our civil and environmental engineering department is just rocking it right now. Mm-hmm. The funding, my gosh, oh, the yeah. fund just keeps coming in. Well, and I mean, part of what you said, and I know we, um, we had this in the story about it, but uh, yourself, Lauren, you know, we've added female faculty members, uh, and that's a part of the push on this. You know, there, there's a lot of females that are in the environmental engineering tract, um, so that can really help us on our diversity. And, uh, and our female enrollment has been going up for, for years now. Programs like our 100-plus Women Strong program that's really um, been dedicated to recruiting, retaining, and rewarding our uh, women in engineering. So th- this is going to be an awesome thing for our college to keep keep on that upward trajectory agricultural engineering went to biosystems in 2000 now it's uh, pretty much dead even boys and uh, you know men and women 50 50 you know, pretty much that, it's like that's 49 what, that's what we'd love to see you know so we want, i think, we want I think to, i'm assuming it's there could be a similar trend we want to see our diversity increase I, I and, so. and, and really be a representation on, on all fronts so what's coming up Research wise, like right now, what are yeah, you working on? I know you. Yeah, I was about to say sure. you're working on a, a myriad of things. What, what are some of the other things you're, you're working, working on? You're working in your kitchen sink, your <laughs> yeah, dining room table. What kind of, what kind of yeah, things I, are we figuring I out? I think with I have an ecological experiment in the back of my refrigerator somewhere <laughs> yeah. if you want to yeah, check Yeah, so what's happening right now? So uh, the things I'm, thing I'm really excited about for the fall is um, this, this spring I found out I got a um, $500,000 grant from the USDA um, to 
do it's and it's a research project is a little different from the one I was describing earlier um but it's still on the topic of um how can we take look at some of these problems that we might normally try to do kind of a hard engineering solution for and, and use plants to solve it um See, that's and it's, cool I was about to say, does that it have cool. anything to do with dung? No. <laughs> okay. Nope, nope. We had we, Brendan Higgins on here oh uh, last episode. You know that guy? And he's yeah, got yeah. a USDA oh grant, God. too. Mm-hmm. But he would not stop talking manure? about manure. Yeah. yeah. I was like, just stop would not give talking it up. all this crap. $500,000. Yeah, so we're looking at um, some of the impacts of agriculture on groundwater quality, um, specifically looking at um, the areas that are part of kind of the, the southern, very southern part of the southeast on the coastal plain. We're, we're specifically working in southwest Georgia, um, where they have a lot of sinkholes on the landscape. Um, and those kind of create a, a fast flow path of water to the, the, the aquifer. Um, so if you have agricultural runoff, runoff going into those, you can get high concentrations of things like nitrate in your groundwater that make it unsuitable to drink. Um, and so the thing we're looking at is, um, you know, if, instead of having to treat this water before you drink it, could we try to conserve and restore the small wetlands that would naturally form in these sinkholes um, because they, they act as a natural filter? And so basically clean the water before it even even gets to the aquifer. So we're that's, be, that's kind of what Brandon, uh, Brendan was talking about, mm-hmm. of using, the, using the land to be able to. Similar yeah, stuff. I love that. Yeah. I love the connection yeah, here. Using the land. It's ding, the light's going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. So we'll be working closely with farmers there because, um, you know, some of this is understanding that these, if you're plowing over this and trying to grow things there, it's it's not that productive a part of the landscape because it gets swampy very easily in a lot of years. So um, working with farmers to understand how to um, kind of farm around these things and and help them stay healthy, um, you know, basically help them up before the regulators get there. When you go, uh, when you go camping, do you go camping? Oh yeah. Yeah. Just up at uh, little river Canyon a few weeks ago. Really? Yeah. Now when you doing the real camp, yeah. When you go and see like a stream or something or a Creek, Mm -hmm. Can you do you know just by like your learning and your experience if it's something you can just bend down and like start sipping from? Cause I don't no, know kinda... I wouldn't do that. But I, mean, <laughs> I, well, I, mean, I mean, like, I mean, are there, there's some you can, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've seen movies, right? I mean, they do that sometimes. Zac Efron back in the uh, day, Netflix, I mean, they're yeah. pushing that. <laughs> but I mean, like, is there? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you, you, ha- you have to be careful. You because, can survive out there. Yeah, you know, everything's so connected with water that. You you know if you see something coming out of a spring or out of a stream, a lot of times you you don't know where it's been, um, you know, and especially if you're in some of these recreation areas, if people aren't picking up after their dogs, um, that water can make you sick very easily, even if it looks crystal clear. Um, so you know there are some general indicators like how stagnant it is that might indicate one way or the other. But I, I there's a lot of good little products out there for treating water on the spot that I I think you should just carry with you if you're yeah if you're you don't not. know where it's been well, you know where it's going to be going. <laughs> how do people do it? You know, like a thousand years ago. What are we drinking? How we, <laughs> they how we, died in their twenties. How, yeah. how are we staying hydrated? I mean, how are they staying hydrated yeah. back then? Well, we a lot of the things that you know, the pollute, cowboy walking around, you know, yeah. eighteen like tombstone. What's he drinking? Well, a lot of the things that pollute our water now just weren't around. You know, people uh, living at high densities and walking their dogs all over the place. Um, well, I mean, I know some of the work that one of your colleagues, Joel Hayworth, you know, does down in the estuaries and stuff. I mean, we're 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 just looking at plastics and things that we, we have no idea the stuff that's getting in our water and what it's going to do to us in years to come so the the environmental work we're doing in, in this department it's, it's gonna keep us a little it's gonna Necessary. keep us alive longer jerry mm-hmm. yeah definitely i don't know you just watched you watched a naked and afraid show 
right? You know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. I don't watch it. And, and, I mean, as soon as they decide to go for any kind of water that they just haven't boiled the heck out of, they're just out. I mean, you know, they sit there and they get real thirsty, and I just I just wonder what it used to be like. And you seem like a woman with answers, so. Yeah, and. and I'm just taking advantage of this opportunity <laughs> to, to know the. I was about to say, you ain't got to worry about it. <laughs> if it's not going to get in those black cherry bottles from Walmart that you get, don't worry about it. Oh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, that's the other thing I'm excited about this fall is we have a project more a little bit on the outreach side in Haiti that we're working on. Oh, and, cool. and they're knowing kind of what is safe to drink is a, is a much bigger issue. Um, so we're working with the university there to help them set up a water testing lab um, just to give them more capability to know if their water's safe. Awesome. awesome. How was Minnesota's water growing up? Uh, it was it was it was great unless you were one of the kids who lived out in the country and had one of the wells that oh. Oh, all their water bottles got stained rusty. Yeah. Um, you think so? I, I, was, I was a town kid, so Francis can't thank you enough for uh, for joining hey, us. And we can't go without saying hey to our number one fan. Oh my gosh. Cindy, <laughs> the Cynthia. Cindy. 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 <laughs> Cindy. 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 Our number one fan. Cindy, your mom. Yeah, her yes. mom. That you're so. pretending listens to the show and make yeah. us feel better. But we know she's going to have listened to this. She one. will listen to she this. She will one. have listened to and this. And she's going to like it on Facebook, probably share it. I love it. And now, so where, is she, where is she right now? Uh, she lives in Minnesota. She's still up awesome. there. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. it's probably going to increase our reach. Mm-hmm. You Big listen, time. Cindy. Come see us. Thanks a ton for joining us. Yep. Thank War you. Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle.